Welcome to Stogie from the Road, a podcast for the everyday truck driver. Here we talk about life on the road and everything in between. I am your faithful trucking servant, Stogie the Trucker, joined by my faithful companion, Bonnie the One-Eyed Wonder Dog. So if you're out there burning up that highway tonight or just sitting at home relaxing, I want you to turn up that dial and enjoy this episode of Stogie from the Road. Welcome back to another episode of Stogie from the Road. I am your faithful trucking servant, Stogie. And I am accompanied by my snoring ass dog that you will hear. I promise you will hear during this podcast because she's over here pressure, pressure testing this seat over here. Right, Bonnie? Right. Good. I have a very special podcast today. I am accompanied by Jordan and Aubrey Long. Jordan is one of our newer drivers here, and he's a fantastic guy with his lovely wife, Aubrey, who's out on the road with him right now. So guys, welcome to Stogie from the Road. Thanks for having us. You know what today is? Today is my first guest day. You guys are my first guests ever in the history of ever. Sweet. (laughs) So welcome. Yeah. Got all kinds of warm, fuzzy feelings. Guys, welcome. I'm glad you're here. We've spent a couple days together here out on the yard. We went and had a lovely dinner the other night, got to know each other, got to know all about uh, who you guys are, and uh, it was fun. So, you guys enjoying yourself out on the road? Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. (laughs) It's been a very different experience from what I thought it would be, but in a good way, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you go out on the road with your spouse because no matter how big a truck is it's never big enough and it's a lot of compromise and everything and i saw this thing years ago with uh bill murray and he said he was talking to these guys that were getting ready to get married they were out like on their bachelor party or some shit like that and he said do you have any advice for my buddy who's getting ready to get married and he said go on a trip to where you get on a plane, you go somewhere, and you can't get away from each other. Even if you get in an argument, you can't get away from each other. Go out for two weeks. And if you go out for two weeks and you don't want to absolutely off the person, then it's meant to be. So it's a it's a good sign when two people can go out and be in that any little space and drive across the country and not want to choke the ever living fuck out of each other. And honey, if you're listening. I never wanted to choke the living fuck out of you. So, just tell me what it's like. What's it been like being out there? You guys started out in Utah, where you're from, right? Yeah, so we uh, dropped the kids off at mother-in-law's. She jumped in the truck. Mm-hmm. We went and got the truck serviced and everything. And then from there, we went to Idaho Falls, grabbed a load of hay. From there, we went down to Hereford, Texas, dropped it. Drove back up to Canton, Kansas, grabbed some scrap took it over to Daresville, Georgia, and uh, it was just just from Utah to Texas alone, places that I have driven in between, more miles of my driving has been in that little stretch, and it was all different just having her with me. Really? What did you think of it? Oh, I was super excited. I was a little nervous because I've never been away from the boys for this amount of time. 
but obviously having him with someone that you trust kind of, you know, calms the, um, just the nervousness, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we left and I was honestly just like, I had butterflies. Like I was super excited to just see all the different ins and out of his job. Like obviously he'll keep me updated when he's out and I'm at home, but it's a whole different thing when you get to come out and be a part of each of it because at all the stops I got to get out um and at least take some pictures f for him if I couldn't exactly help get the load on or strap it down or whatever but um it's been super fun being able to help him with all of that and then also I've I told him before we left, I was like, I'm going to document the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been taking videos and pictures of just like anything and everything that stands out and all just the different landscapes through all the different states, since it's obviously a lot different than Utah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's been so much fun. Obviously, yesterday, I think it was, we hit about the halfway mark. And I think that's kind of when it hit that I really miss the boys because <laughs> oh, yeah. I think honestly well one week ha is the longest I've been away from our oldest I've only been away from our youngest for like a night <laughs> and so I think now that I'm past that point it's like I've never been away from either of them for this long and so I definitely miss them but mm -hmm. I'm still now that we'll be heading out tomorrow I'm super excited to get back and see all the different things on the road one of the things that I me personally, it's worked great with my wife and I, um, her going out on the road with me is one of the big problems that couples have is there's no, there's no perspective for the spouse at home. And it's not her fault or his fault because they don't know. And it's so important for a spouse to go out on the road. So you actually get that firsthand idea of how the schedule goes and how you have to go, go, go so fast and how you have to eat on the fly quick and how you, when you get fuel, it's like a NASCAR pit stop. And then, you know, a shower is like luxury. Mm -hmm. It's so great for a spouse to be able to see that because when those tough times hit and you guys are on the phone and, and nerves and, and anxiety all hits, you have that perspective to fall back on. And you also know that she knows, which means you don't feel the need to over explain to her or go, you have any idea what the fuck it's like for me? Out? Hell yeah, she does. Cause she did it with you and did it as a woman, you know, and that's, it's difficult. A lot of people don't realize what it's like, say for a man, when he brings his wife out on the road, because it feels like you're, I always tell people when I walk with my wife through a truck stop, I feel like I'm walking around with a million dollars in cash out in the open. Mm -hmm. and somebody's wanting to snatch it and grab it or look at it and you don't feel safe but it's not just a road trip it's this massive um, bouquet of ups and downs and worries and and adjustments and stuff and it's great that you guys are be able to do it and i think it's going to help you guys in the long run as far as you know when you're out on the road do you think, I mean, does it feel like she can see life through your eyes now when you're out on the road? She definitely has a much bigger perspective of it than she ever would have before. I mean, there's something as simple as, say, I'm just stressed out because I'm trying to get to this place to get a load. And it's super time sensitive on getting there to get it on. 
but not only is it time sensitive to get it on, it's time sensitive to get it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, when those things happen, as you know, underlying stress is always there. Yeah. You try to enjoy your job, but you know that I have this deadline and we can't control very much. We can't control Mm -hmm. if we can, you know, run the clock down to where we've got 20 minutes left and still be able to park. We can't control if we blow a tire. We can't control traffic. And so that side of the stress, you can't really explain it. It's hard to explain other than there's a a deadline. But with her being here and that situation happening with her with me, she could see that it's the second the clock lets me, I'm gone. And you're pushing the clock to the very limit on your eight-hour break, to the very limit on your 11-hour drive to try to get there. Yeah. And so... She gets to see the stress, but she also gets to see a lot of why I love it. Yeah. But also, if you think about it, it's like you are having a respect for her because she's taking what is her her purpose, her her joy in life. Her her She's taking that, which is motherhood, putting it over here on the shelf to go walk a mile in your shoes. So do you see how like the spouse going on the road with the driver is it's if you really open your eyes and think about it, it's a really, really important thing. But and it's also, I mean, honestly, it's fun, too. I mean, it's we when my wife and I went on the road together, there are so many moments to where she looked at me and went, oh, my God. All right. You started it. OK, so what's OK? Since, all right, I'll tell you guys a story. What's the most fucked up thing that's happened to you guys thus far? Within reason, I know you have kids. Thus and family. Far. Let's see. What's the craziest thing you've seen on the road, Aubrey? There was one incident for her. We were uh, driving through Missouri. Mm, yeah, fucking Missouri. Okay. Yeah. We were, we were coming around. We are getting ready to cross into Illinois. We are probably about 80 miles from the state line. And uh, we're coming down. And I'm driving, it's one of those situations where you got three lanes going straight, staying on the highway, and you got two lanes cutting off to get off the exit. We all know when you're coming in, you're in that that lane, right? The the lane closest to the exit lanes, you're driving right there. Very common for cars to just jump right out in front of you. Well, that happens, but she doesn't jump out in front of me. As soon as I pass her, and she's maybe six feet in front of the front axle of my trailer, she decides it's go time and just starts coming right into me. This girl closed her eyes, covered her mouth, and was knees to chest. And I'm just driving along because I saw it happen. I looked in my mirror. I can't go left. I'm not going to kill them to avoid hitting them, mm-hmm. the other car. They're turning into me. And uh, right after it happened, and they, they did finally catch on, swerve back into the lane. But right after it happened, I looked over at her, and I said, welcome to my job. Mm-hmm. Because it happens not only every day. But all day. Yeah, you're telling me a story, and I'm like, that's a Tuesday. Yeah, well, and the thing was, is it's like, you know, I've seen cars, like, kind of try to go into the next lane, and then they, you know, yank the wheel back. But this girl wasn't stopping. Like, I'm guessing she was texting or something, because from for me, it looked like she was turning um, during, like, the gap of the trailer wheels. So, yeah, no, so she was, like, going, and I'm, like, she's not stopping, like, oh, my gosh, and that's why I, like, threw my hands up and closed my eyes, because I was just waiting for this huge munch crush, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, 
I didn't even see her pull back, like, back into her lane because I was just like, nope, this isn't happening. I'm not watching. And so I covered my eyes. I was like, no, this is not real. And then, yeah, I looked over at him and literally, you know, the feeling you get when you do get in a car accident and it's like your whole body, it just, for me, it feels like it's on fire inside. It's just like. That's a big adrenaline dump. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, did this really just happen? And so I had started getting to that point because I'm like we're gonna freaking run over a car like you know and I look over at him and he's obviously used to it but I'm over there trying not to have an anxiety attack mm-hmm. but I'm just like how in the world did she not see you like you're huge and so obviously someone yeah. was not paying attention but I'm just like yeah it gave me almost a freaking anxiety attack so I was like we're gonna freaking run over a car because they're not paying attention well it's it's the crazy thing about it is a lot of people they just don't fuck they don't know they don't know what we can do to them they think mm-hmm. they're going to get hit their car's going to get crunched and then they're going to get paid mm-hmm. they don't know that by and large a lot of the times we go on top of them yeah and exactly. we roll them up by and large a lot of the times we hit them so hard that it's just there's nothing left of them mm-hmm. what's always fascinated me and you obviously you've been driving longer than i have What's always fascinated me is people are in such a hurry to get in the most dangerous spot with us, which is in front of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they get in front of us and then they slow down and they, they're just oblivious. And me coming from different, you know, sex of the workforce and, and different careers and whatnot with all the friends that I have that have no idea about trucking, they're oblivious. Mm-hmm. They have no concept of what a truck can do to them, how long it takes for a truck to stop, what we have to endure, how we have to live. So they just kind of act like, you hit me, I'm going to sue. Who the no, fuck told you you're going to survive, dumbass? Yeah. yeah, your Aunt Tilly might get paid, but you not. You're going to get buried. Yeah. So it's good that you're able to see that because I've talked to I talked to a lot of drivers on the phone. And a lot of drivers, they they hear the wives, basically, they'll say, every time I call you, you're fucking bitching, and you're fucking screaming, and you're hollering. And we do have to be conscientious of that when we're on the phone, because my wife will say it too. She's like, it never feels like it's a good time to talk to you. Well, if you're calling me while I'm driving, you could almost bet dollars to donuts that somebody is going to have a dumbass attack in front of me. And what are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to do? But marriage is all about meeting halfway and being conscientious. And because if she's at home dealing with a screaming child and a blown water heater and a neighborhood that, or a neighbor that won't turn their radio down or something, and then she gets you on the phone, you're supposed to be the the sanctuary, you know, the strength and, and whatnot. So that's, that's that weird world we live, you know, that weird world of our problems don't change. They're the same as everybody else's. However, we have to live this weird, transient, almost carny-style life. Well, and a big thing being a driver for me personally, and this is just my opinion on how I look at it, Mm -hmm. but as a driver, you're living two separate lives. You come home, and for me, I come home, I'm dad, I'm her husband, I'm there, I'm trying to participate in being there and actually be there play with my kids, teach my kids things, do things with them, cook dinner, help do laundry, vacuum, dishes, whatever. Mm -hmm. Things she does on a daily. Mm -hmm. 
And but when I'm out on the road, everything in my truck is in the same spot. It doesn't get touched, doesn't get moved. It's always clean. It's always organized. It's always how I want it to be. And then I just got to deal with outside factors like traffic. Yeah. But then I come home. It's a whole new world for me. I love my kids to death. I love my wife to death. But it's an adjustment every single time I park the truck. Yeah, it's not black and white when you come home. There's shades of gray. There's different personalities you have to deal with. And we, again, it's that weird thing of we have this difficult, hard world out here. But it's also we're the lucky ones, too. Because we don't have to. I always tell people we don't have to deal with Bert from accounting at the water cooler giving us dirty looks. We don't have to deal with sitting in a cubicle next to somebody we just want to just smack with the keyboard of the computer. Mm -hmm. So we're lucky there. We have a beautiful life when it comes to the anonymity and solitude of the road. We're in control of that. But on the other side, it's got a price tag. A big one. Where are we going to sleep? How many years of our family's lives are we going to miss out on? This is what I tell people all the time because we always get caught up in the negative, but we don't take the moments to think about the positive. Um, when you got when you come home to your wife and you guys reunite after being on the road, you guys do the whole let's date each other type of thing. Let's let's be together and like really max out that time together. Correct? Mm -hmm. You you have to, mm -hmm. and especially for you know we have two sons and she's a stay at home mom. 90% of her time is spent trying to talk to a five-year-old and a two-year-old. 90% of my time isn't talking. Yeah, I'm just staring out the windshield doing my thing. So yeah, when we come home, it's you try all over again to get to know your person. And same thing with your kids, because that first day home is always, at least for me, it's the jet lag day. Mentally and physically, mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so you just kind of start all over and do your best to give your partner that attention. Because the biggest thing about being a truck driver, where you're, whether you're the husband or the wife, if one does it and the other one doesn't, one of you chose that life. The mm -hmm. other one didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so when he gets home the first day, uh, we don't really put any expect expectations on that day. Because, you know, it's an adjustment for us, too. Like, we're more than thrilled to have him home. but. We've also gotten used to it just being me and them and kind of our routine, you know. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, when he gets home, the routine, for the most part, kind of gets thrown out the window because we're just wanting to spend time with him. Yeah. And so the first day he gets home, it's really, or I guess the first full day, just depending on when he gets home in the day. But that first full day after he gets home, we just kind of relax around the house, focus on each other. Put a movie on, eat some food, maybe play out in the backyard. But it's really just about kind of that reconnecting, um, just really soaking in that time that we finally have back together. Yeah. And then the next days we'll kind of plan out, hey, should we go out and do this as a family or maybe go see these friends or this family, mm -hmm. whatever else. And if we can, you know, like you were saying, the whole dating thing will try and plan a date for just us or the whole the family thing that we plan I guess we'd kind of put under the same category just go out and do a family date yeah to just really like he said maximize the time and do as much as we can together when he's home because 
me and the boys definitely go out and do stuff and, you know, have fun, but it's definitely different and for me, even more fun when dad's home. Yeah, because you have that day or two to where, as a, from a driver's perspective, you got to wash that truck off of you, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's what's one of the biggest uh, positive attributes of being here at Taylor is we get that amount of time that we decide to come home to where we get that dwindle down back to normality. Mm -hmm. And then that ramping up anticipation to be ready to go out there and get after it again. Mm -hmm. That's the most important part of it, too. Yeah. Being ready to come home, being able to enjoy being there, but also being ready to go drive again. Yeah. And that's that, that feeling when you get back in the truck and you've been home long enough and you get in that truck and you're like, I am right where I'm supposed to be. Let's grab some gears. Let's get it done. Let's go. Let's go make that money. Take care of my family. Um, my wife and I, we have this philosophy of like. We look at it like going into battle. My wife is like, she goes, you go out there and slay those dragons and then come back home and then fall towards me. I saw this picture one time and it was this like uh, Roman warrior and he came home and it shows the strength of him and her. Like they're both equally strong to where he's standing there and his arms are hanging. His back is just full of arrows and he's just beat. And he's just hanging like that. And he's got his head on her shoulder. And she's got her arms like this on his head and on his back. It's It shows the strength of both of them where he goes out there and does all that hard shit. But how strong she is to where she can build that warrior back up again mm -hmm. to where he can go back out and do it again. When you have that dynamic in a trucking relationship, those are the ones that are typically successful, you know. The ones where the guy is getting his ass ridden on the phone and, you know, he's got to come home and do everything but breastfeed. It's just like, oh boy, all the contempt builds up in a relationship and you don't do enough. And you're out here. I'm like, I haven't had a shower in two weeks. I'm not doing enough. I'm out here living like a fucking barbarian. I don't know what it's like to have normality. Or a dog that doesn't scratch in the middle of a podcast. Would you please? <laughs> this is why we never go to the movies together. Anyway, <laughs> she, uh, but that's what makes a great relationship. And not to mention, it, it's, a, it's a learning thing. You know, you might think you have it all figured out and then you don't. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we kind of hit that spot a little while ago. Where, you know, it is that finding that balance and the kind of unsaid expectations of when they do get home. And obviously I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I realize, you know, the majority of my time is going to be taking care of the kids, but also keeping up on the house. Or else nobody else is going to take care of it. Yeah, that's a legit job. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. what's gotten lost in society today is people are like, well, she's just a stay-at-home mom. Just a stay-at-home mom? Really? Oh, yeah, now it's a 24-7 job, especially. I feel like people, it's like, once you go to bed, it's like, no, kids wake up in the middle of the night. But, <laughs> but you know, and so we had hit this spot where, I mean, I was getting frustrated because I was like, well, when you're home, like, I feel like I'm not getting any help, which it's not like I expected him to come home and do everything that I do in a day. Yeah. And so we had hit this spot where we were having a hard time kind of figuring it out. And obviously, I've always 
completely understand he needs that time to get home, decompress, you know, all of that yeah. stuff. And then we finally just came to the agreement because I was like, obviously, I don't want you coming home and deep cleaning the whole house. I was like, could we just, you know, make some kind of agreement where maybe you do the dishes or the laundry or something like that while you're home, you know, and not all of it, but just help me with it at least. Yeah, meeting each other halfway. Yeah. It's the two worlds thing. Because for me, you know, I'm out here and every day I'm doing all this stuff. And then I finally come home. And I forget because I don't have those responsibilities out here. Uh -huh. So then I finally come home. And I guess a lack of a better way to put it, it's almost like, well, that stuff doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, she busts her butt day in and day out with her kids, with her house, with herself, with with everything you can you can think of she's doing it on her own every single day while i'm gone and so it was almost that that two worlds thing like, yeah and then you know all she did she brings it up she's like hey you know i understand and she does she supports and understands to the best of her ability until being able to see it what i do out here mm -hmm. but she's like you know you still are a father and a husband that comes with its you know its stuff yeah too. and and that doesn't go away when you're on the road either. That father and the husband thing, it, it's just you have to do it, you know, vicariously through the phone. People always talk about, you know, you hear all the old timer truckers and yeah, those those were great days and stuff. But they're like, all the good days are gone. I don't think standing five deep at a payphone, being able to talk to your wife once a week, seems like a glory day to me when I could lay in the comfort of my truck and FaceTime her and actually see her mm -hmm. eyes smile and, and things like that. And how we, the luxuries that we do have, it's amazing. It's amazing how much we've evolved as truck drivers, but how much we don't appreciate in comparison to what was done before. Where it was like, Oh, the good days are gone. Oh, they're not that bad. They're not great, but I know some truckers that would have loved to have Netflix and, you know, yeah. a air fryer in their truck back in the day when they were sleeping on two by fours, too. That doesn't seem like a hoot to me. No. <laughs> but they did what they did to get us where we are now. Um, but, yeah, it's it's such a, a tightrope that we have to walk. As far as, like, where you have been before, like, you hear it tailored now thinking about that as far as like how tough it used to be and the evolution of like the jobs you've had before in comparison to now, what do you see as far as the differences? Cause you, you're happy here, obviously. I'm very happy here. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not, this isn't one of those things where I'm trying to fluff up a company bubble or fluff up a friendship bubble with anybody. The simple truth of the matter is I've never been this happy with a job. The biggest reasons why are my home time, I pick. I'm not treated like a machine to where this truck's going to run 30,000 miles and then get a service. No. I get to choose when I go home. I get to choose to a point how long I'm home. And then on top of that, while I'm out here doing the job, I'm doing it in a beautiful 2020 Peterbilt mm -hmm. with loaded interior. Mm -hmm. I've got air conditioning in my seats. Yeah. I've got a beautiful... 605 horse 18 speed truck i can take 80,000 pounds up six percent at 80 miles an hour yeah i've got the equipment 
that anybody would want. The trailers are nice. We've got everything we need to do our job. And if we don't have it, all we have to do is say that. And then, boom, we have whatever is needed to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I also have all the tools needed to where I can be home when I need to be home and be productive and there in that aspect of it. Yeah. And all that added together, I'm also making more than enough money to live my life, provide for my family, do things as a family. All of that stuff, I have never been anywhere where you got it all. You were either in a truck that you were lucky if it started after your pre-trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had dispatchers, mechanics, whatever. They didn't treat you even like you were human. Not every place I've worked has been like that. I've been places where they treated me great. Mm -hmm. But maybe the pay wasn't there. Maybe the equipment wasn't there. Or maybe I wasn't there. Yeah. I've never felt like I belonged somewhere as much as I do here. And it's not because of anything that the company says to me or does for me. It's for all the absences of what they say and do. One of the things I've noticed, though, and it's unique that you're here because you were an owner-op at one time. There was a while ago, we had some sort of new rule come out um, in reference to our our vehicles. You know how here at Taylor, if you don't know, um, we have cars designated on the yard that we can use. All we do is sign them out to go run errands, go get groceries, go to the movies, do whatever, just to get us off the yard, right? And when they came out with the new stipulations, because certain people were abusing it and not doing it right, not putting cars back, not putting fuel back in them, you know, like if you use the vehicle, fuel back in the car, you know, um, they were abusing it. So we had new stipulations where you have to actually call to get the vehicle. The amount of people that I heard over the phone when it came to that rule alone in conjunction to everything you just said right now, as far as the positive attributes, they would say, man, fuck this shit. I am fucking done. I'm going out and I'm going to buy my own fucking truck. I'm sick of this bullshit. What they're telling me in that moment was because I have, I have to make a phone call to get a free car. I'm willing to walk away from all of this, all of these tools to succeed to go trade that for the uncertainty of the world of owner op- operators to where when you blow a tire, I buy paychecks for a couple of weeks. When you need an engine rebuild, you're working for free for a couple months. And it's, it's this life of, I always use this analogy, it's this life of skydiving with a backpack full of forks and spoons. Mm-hmm. Because you got to make a call. To use the rental car that you don't have to pay for. Well, the thing Holy is, shit. is a lot of stuff when it comes to that, people, and this is, I've heard this, my, I'm sure you've heard it numerous times. You leave one company, you're just going to a, a, a different, you know, the same thing, just a different name on the door. Yeah. It's not true, at least in my experience. And I'm not, I'm also not that person that thinks that what I've got, what I'm doing is absolutely perfect and there's no flaw in anything. But mm-hmm. I mean... Dude, this is, like you said, I've had my own truck before. <laughs> I wouldn't trade this to do it again. Yeah. There's... Because this is completely stress-free when it comes to the headaches of having the truck. And then everything you could want out of a company 
at least on my end and my perspective and the way I feel about it, I have it here. Mm -hmm. I can't ask for more than that. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, whether you work here at Taylor or you don't, understand that we're not saying that because we work here and we're kissing ass and everything like that. We're here for a reason. We're here because we know what it's like to work somewhere else. And Larry, our HR guy, he's got the best saying ever. And he told me when I first got hired and he's told a lot of people this, you know, we're not perfect. And when you, if you do perhaps find that perfect place, let us know when we'll go with you. But when it comes to the stuff that really, really matters, that really matters when it comes to just being human, this, you, you're not going to beat it anywhere else. It's, you're going to be met with the cameras elsewhere. You're going to be met with the automated trucks elsewhere. You're going to be met with the, you know, safety stuff that we all just fucking love dealing with it. Brittany, we love you. Please don't get mad, but it's, it's, it's not you. It's anyway, I digress. You're going to be met with that shit elsewhere. But I know personally that here at Taylor, we have, a long history of stuff to where when there's tragedy, when there's difficult times, this is the one company that steps up and says, you don't have anything to worry about. We got you. But yet we still deal with that. You know, the people that get complacent and bitch and moan when anywhere you used to be, did you ever deal with that? Where like oh, yeah. you have a place where somebody, the company's taking care of you, but you just can't make the driver happy. hundred percent. I've never been somewhere that uh, I didn't experience that. Really? Period. Hmm. Never. Not one. Wow. It's such a weird world that we live in because we know that we as drivers aren't without fault, but we also know that companies are not without fault either. I mean, how many times have you seen at almost every one of those companies, they have driver appreciation week. And all you do is watch on Facebook the office staff eating fucking barbecue all week while you're in your truck eating ramen. Mm -hmm. I don't feel very appreciated right now, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that matters to drivers. And that's actually something I want to talk about is when, when we go out there and we make the sacrifice to be away from our families, we are trading the most valuable entity that there is, and that's called time. He's never going to see your face on this day again. He's never going to experience this time with you on this day again. Once it's gone, it's gone. And that goes with your sons. That goes with your family. That goes with everything. And the only people that know that are the individuals that are living that story. So when it comes to a driver, we carry that, that ongoing balance, that ticking balance of stuff that we miss we carry that in our heads and so when we come back to whatever company and we have somebody who works for that company you know you got whether you're dispatcher or whether maintenance or whether you're safety person whom has the luxury of going home every fucking night look at you and say if you don't get this shit done you're fucking fired you just told me as a driver that I'm disposable. You just told me as a driver that the 
price tag that I've paid to help this company, whatever company you work for, um, meet your bottom line and keep your company alive. You just told me that everything that I've traded for you, for this company, for my paycheck, means nothing. It's worthless. Because what? I didn't get my oil changed on time? What, because I ate a fucking ham sandwich while I was driving because I haven't eaten in nine hours? Because my tire went out of the lane when it wasn't supposed to. I just took my most valuable fucking asset that I have in my life, which is today. And traded it for this company. And you told me it doesn't mean shit. And I think it's out fucking rageous. I think it's bullshit. That's one reason why I left Boyd Brothers. Is because I was with a company that. It was like filling a bucket that had goddamn holes in it. No matter how hard you ran, didn't matter. To one, one moment, I actually almost threw a hot dog at our director at Boyd <laughs> Brothers. I came back, and it was Driver's Appreciation Day. And all the office staff was like, you know, Stogie, you're a driver. You go first. You go first. And I go, and I get my bullshit hot dog and my french fries. And I'm walking over to my table. And this guy, Nick. He was he used to play for the University of Alabama. He was the rock star boy brothers because he played football for Alabama in Alabama. That's where the company is. He came up to me, he's like, You need to stop being late for them loads, man. You need to get your shit together, dude. And he's just sitting here while I'm sitting there with my little bullshit hot dog on driver's appreciation day. You're telling me I suck at what I do. You're telling me I suck at what I do. As every time I go home, the lines on my wife's face are getting deeper. The hair is getting grayer and I'm missing holidays and I'm missing birthdays and I can't even enjoy my fucking hot dog. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why drivers leave. That's why drivers leave because we know the price tag that we pay. Our wives know the price tag that we pay. And we understand that we've got to get shit done, right? We understand that there are certain things that we've got to do. So let's concentrate on the solution and not the problem. That's one reason why I love working here at Taylor. I absolutely love working here. You know, no company's perfect. We, we have discussions all the time on how we can meet in the middle and bridge a gap and shit like that. But you and I, we know what it's like being at companies to where we feel like we don't fucking matter. We're just a means to an end. Oh, you're here. You brought your truck here. All right, we're going to fix your truck. Go fuck off. You know, we have no idea what's going on. What do we do? I don't know. We just stand here. Is that what we do? Okay. Dispatchers don't talk to you. Office staff has no interest in you. Just go, go sit in a corner. Go sit in your truck. You fucking hump, you know? That's the that's the bridge that needs to be uh, crossed with a lot of companies nowadays. That's why drivers. I forget what the statistic is on drivers, but it's it's outrageous when you when it comes to the amount of drivers that come into the industry and get their CDL, but then they leave immediately. It's because of shit like that. We can deal with people cutting us off. That's a frustration. We can deal with sleeping in a truck stop or a rest area. 
We can deal with not being able to get a shower for a few days. But when you take a driver, man or woman, when they're out on the road and they start watching that, that bank of loss get bigger and bigger and bigger, and the memories you miss out on become more and more and more, and the loss that you feel get heavier and heavier and heavier, just to come back and be told, yeah, so, and, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and clean out this truck. Y'all have a good one. I'm fucking out of here. That happens every time. That is why drivers leave. And I just wish companies would fucking understand that. Because what happens is when good people that time and family and integrity and dignity and all that stuff, those are those are the what makes a good driver, a driver that cares about his dignity and the guy that cares about his his image and tomorrow and not not so much yesterday, but they care about today and they care about tomorrow. Those drivers are leaving the industry, right? Because they care about today and tomorrow and they're not getting anything in return for yesterday. So what do we get back in return? We get the flip-flops, get the fat fucks, we get the slobs, we get the people that can't communicate without Google Translate, if you know what I mean. We get the dregs of society, the underbelly of society. They come into this industry and they wipe their fucking feet all over it. And then next thing you know, me and you, Jordan, we tell people that we're truck drivers and people look at you and go, oh. You'd be better off telling them you're a felon. Yeah. And you're just a truck driver. You might as well tell them you're a child molester. You might as well tell them you're a drug dealer. You're just a fucking truck driver. It's called a ripple effect. It's called a ripple effect. It's like I tell the truck stops, the people in the truck stops, you take away our normality, and the people that normality means something to leave. People that being a filthy animal to, that they're filthy animals, they stay. And then what does society look like? Just a bunch of feral psychopaths, you know? When you're out on the road with him, I mean, have you had any moments where you look at him and go, oh, shit, I'm sorry you got to deal with this, you know? Honestly, it was day, it was literally day one, two, or three mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I mean, it really hit me. The first thing that hit me was just the fact that he was doing it all by himself. Like, you know, he's alone in the truck. And I've always said it takes a different breed to be a truck driver because you're by yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we were going, I was like, oh, this is super awesome. And then I was like, well, yeah, this is super awesome because I'm with him. And then I sat back and tried to, like, put myself in his shoes of, you know, walking all the way across the truck stop to go shower and go to the bathroom and then walk all the way back all by yourself, eating all by yourself, all this stuff. And I was like, I could not do this. Like, obviously, if, you know, the roles were flipped and I knew that this was what I was best at, this provides for my family, you know, you find the 
drive to do it. And obviously he does it because he has a love for the trucks and everything like that. Uh Um, But, yeah, I was just, like he said, you know, it's one thing for him to tell me everything that's going on while he's out on the road. But it's a whole nother thing for me to be with him and firsthand experience it. And so, yeah, I mean, it really just was kind of a big slap in the face of just a whole new thing of realization that, you know, this is not an easy job. There's definitely the rewards and one of which is being able to work at this company. But, you know, all the different drivers you have to encounter or, you know, the near misses with car accidents and things like that you know the stresses of it but and I guess especially with me being a woman because obviously there's women that drive trucks it's like even though they're in the industry with the men they're definitely treated disrespectfully things like that you know oh god yeah Yeah. I've, I've talked to women drivers that have dodged um some of the the Indian drivers that mm-hmm. don't believe that women should be on the road mm-hmm. to where they've been ran off the road by those truckers. Yeah. They push them off the road and they'll they'll pull their glad hands on their trailers just to fuck with them. Yeah. I mean, I talked to a girl I know, uh, Sadie. She's a tiny, tiny little thing. She got pulled between two trailers one night to where she has to carry a wasp spray and bear spray and shit. It's... Well, and if they're good yeah. at the job, they're treated even worse. Oh yeah, because you if they got a nice truck, like you say, if they got a you know a W nine or a Pete, well, I wonder what she did to get that, you know. And if they're not good at the job and they get out of their truck or something, need help backing into a spot. Mm-hmm. If they're attractive, they've got all the help they need. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, it's like, all right, fuck you, you're on your own. Yeah, male trucking unicorn. She calls it pretty privilege, you know. But she also deals with people that'll pull up. She had a day to where she pulled up. She was in a spot. Some guy saw her. He was pulled, you know, like at one o'clock away from her. Saw her. Came over. Backed his truck next to her. Had her roll her window down through her passenger window. And he was like, hey, what do you say? You and me a quickie. Ew. Just, I mean, it was like. You know, it was like, you, you're just, you're not human. You're just an appliance because you can't possibly be good at trucking. Now, granted, Mel is a person that will hand it back to him to where that guy will feel like he's drinking out of a freaking fire hose. That woman knows all kinds of sentence enhancers. <laughs> and uh, she has fucking trucking tattooed on her knuckles. It's fantastic. That's crazy. So, but, you know, it's, that's the big thing that I'm I'm trying to, with this whole thing that I'm doing is just trying to get people to understand that what drivers go through. We're not, we're not stupid. We understand people in the office and dispatch in the office has shit that they've got to deal with. We get it. But just to get some people in the office, whether you're a broker, whether you're a dispatcher, whether you're in the service, you know, shop at part of the things, whether you're breakdown, um, things like that, Understand when you hang up the phone and you're done dealing with our asses, you get to hold your wife. 
you get to sit on the edge of your kid's bed and tell them everything's going to be okay. You get to have coffee with your wife or your husband in the morning. You get to wipe away your kid's tears when they fall. You don't have to hear, hey, dad, hey, mom, when are you coming home? You don't, you don't have to deal with any of that shit. You don't have to white-knuckle it down I-80 in the middle of winter and blinding snow to where you can't see the hood ornament on your hood knowing that if you stop for 10 minutes, you're not making it home for Christmas. You're, co- you're home for Christmas. You're listening to the Christmas carols. You're eating the cookies and you're, you know, you can smell the turkey in the oven. We know that if we don't get that load where it needs to go, we're eating ramen noodles in our truck and we can't turn on the fucking radio because we don't want to hear Christmas music because it'll remind us of the, the holiday we'll never get back. That's what I'm trying to get everybody to understand. The price that we pay. I tell people all the time when people see my truck, and I'm sure you deal with it too, there's a, there's a payment that's due. There's a price tag on all that chicken lights and chrome. They have those stickers now, right? Cool ain't cheap. We're trading our lives for it. So when you are standing in a company meeting, a quarterly meeting, when you're standing there grandstanding saying that you don't get these drivers don't get their shit done, they need to be fucking fired. You're basically saying that none of what we've sacrificed matters. And on top of all the disappointment we've been serving our families and our wives while we're out here trying to make ends meet and while we're trying to make them proud of us because we didn't get something done on time. Now we get one more shitty pill to swallow. We get to go home and tell them that we failed and we got fired. We get to tell them that that the price tag that we paid wasn't enough. And then we got to go home and and say that we failed. And I know I'm taking a big risk by saying this because it can be interpreted a certain way. But how about when you guys are in that position, why don't you just take a moment and give us the fucking respect we deserve because we earned it. Or don't. Then you'll have to deal with hiring new drivers day after day after day after day. And then you're just another company. Then you're just another mega carrier. Then you're part of the problem. So, I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I'm just a trucker, right? We're just truckers. Oh, you're a trucker. I love that one. I, I, I've dealt with it. And my wife knows this. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I've dealt with it to where I'll be talking about 
something that we go through and her family's all from fucking academia to where they're all like lawyers and doctors and shit. And I can literally see their eyes glaze over and they're either thinking about how can I get out of this conversation or they just interrupt me and they'll just change the subject and they'll go somewhere else. And it's so it's maddening. It really, really is maddening because, and I don't blame people for not knowing the price tag that we pay out here. And guys, if you're listening to this, please understand that I am not talking about just the price tag that we as the drivers pay. That is the reason why I have them both here. Aubrey, you pay a price tag. You have moments to where, you know, like my wife, she's just like, I'm lonely right now. You know how many times I want to just scream when I think about my wife sitting alone at a kitchen table, eating by herself, in silence? It just, God, it breaks my heart, you know. So understand that when you're you're shitting on your drivers, you're shitting on their wives, you're shitting on their kids. That's what you're doing. You're saying that everything that the driver has sacrificed doesn't mean anything. Every tear that the wife has shed has no value. And every time that the child needs dad isn't worth a fuck. So I don't want it to seem like it's all driver related. Well, not your dad. Yeah. Because in essence, we're we're dragging them out on the road with us. Well, this is the fun part. One of the uh, one of the biggest things I was told, and uh, it was by my grandpa. My grandpa's a hell of a guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, he drove his entire life. And when I met Aubrey, obviously, I, I love this woman. And uh, I go to introduce her to my grandpa. And they fell in love with her instantaneously, too. And, and he's talking to her and whatnot. We're not even talking about trucking. We're not talking about work. It's nothing related to it. She walked away. He looked at me. And he says, if you're going to drive a fucking truck... You better do it right because you're choosing this. She's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Um, it's almost like a subtle kidnapping. Right. Well, and bit. you know, when we first met, he definitely wasn't driving over the road because I wasn't old enough. <laughs> that, but also if he was, I don't even think I would give him the time of day. But um, you know, we had gotten together we were together for a little bit and he had kind of dipped his toe into the over the road side of it and that I guess would be one of the first experiences where because of how he was treated at that job you know it affected home life poorly our relationship was struggling things like that and even when he's driven for other local jobs, um, or when he was at the last company that he did over the road. Um, I, I mean, you know, I've always been supportive, but it was always hard for me to feel like, I don't know if prideful is the right word, but like, not embarrassed to tell people what my husband's job was because of how crappy he was being treated, which in turn, you know, just, it kind of made everything feel crappy. (laughs) Yeah. And so 
when we found Taylor, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, butter up the company either. Like, it's just true. There was an incident, I think a month or so ago, where we had read this thing on Facebook of this mother-in-law just pretty much trash-talking her son-in-law because he was over the road. And he drives here, too. And she was pretty much making it seem like he was the bad guy, blah, 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 because he was out on the road, you know, providing for his family. And it pissed me off because I'm like, okay, first off, you don't get to talk because you also were with someone who was gone for a year plus serving for our country. So what you're saying is if they're serving for the our country, it's fine. If they're a truck driver, it's not. Yeah. But truck drivers transport, what, 70 plus percent of America's goods yeah. all over. I mean, we could stop. Like, yeah, exactly. If truck drivers stopped, we'd all be screwed. Mm -hmm. Like, your fancy freaking watch, phone, whatever, the freaking ventilator that your family member is living off of at the hospital, the mm -hmm. bed they're laying in, you know, everything you can think of has been transported one way or another by a truck. And it's like, you're really going to look at them like they're complete trash when they're quite honestly providing you your life. Yes, you work yeah. at a job to pay for all of it, but they transport all of those goods for you. So you get to drive 10 minutes down the road and go buy it. And the thing is, is nobody ever says anything, you know, we'll be going all this time, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says anything about the salesman that's gone 362 days out of the year, but he's in a hotel and he's mm -hmm. driving a, a rental car and he wears a tie. Nobody says anything about that guy. The executive that's always on a plane. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever says anything about that guy. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking truck driver. Yeah. You know? It's amazing that that separation of classes and how they treat us like we're a means to an end. So Yeah, well, and I, I started venting to my mom because I'm like, you know, like, and I went off, I gave all those examples. I'm like, that plane you got on to go to your fancy vacation? Guess who freaking drove the parts of the plane across the freaking country? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and because Jordan's even trans has transported things for planes. But now... Because of how this company treats him, just honestly, any event or thing that he is needed, like, yeah, sometimes they can't do it in 50 seconds, but they will get it written down. They'll, you know, make sure you're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And he finally enjoys his job again. I'm okay being at home for two weeks because I know he's being taken care of, mm -hmm. which means I'm being taken care of or boys are being taken care of. And so now I, like, have this pride, like, yeah, my husband's a truck driver, but he works for this company that is freaking amazing. Oh, and I'll tell him about it. And so... cool as fuck in our trucks, Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, they, when they hear how long he's gone. And at this point, I'm like, no, don't apologize. Like, the company he works for is amazing. He's providing for our family. Because of this, I get to be a stay-at-home mom and raise our kids rather than sending them to a daycare, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and so it's like, before, I wasn't all like, oh, no, like, he works for this company because, quite frankly, I didn't like the companies either. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes here, and it's the first time 
since we've been together that I'm like, oh, yeah, like this company, he may be gone for two weeks at a time, but if this is what we did for the rest of our life, it would be okay. Yeah. Because this company is incredible. And, you know, I know, you know, other people have all differ, differing opinions, but for us, you know, he does his job, he does it well, he doesn't expect crazy things, like, you know, crazy time frames for things to get done, or he doesn't yeah. bitch and moan and complain. Like, if he has a problem, he'll go to the person, or he'll just let people, let, you know, dispatcher, whatever, know whatever the problem is, and it gets taken care of. And for this trip, um, his dispatcher has been incredible. Like, he's been super meticulous about where he's been sending us so that I could have, you know, a fun time. Mm -hmm. So we weren't just, you know, going through you know, empty deserts or something, but he's checked in, asked how I was doing, how everything's going. Yeah. And, you know, lots of other companies, they're not going to care if dude, your wife's dude, having exactly. fun. Like That's the thing I try to get people to understand all the time. It's like, we literally, sometimes it feels like I don't have a dispatch. I feel like I have a travel agent. You know what I mean? Yeah. You show up, I showed up here today, Brittany, our safety, gives her hats. Mm -hmm. and she gave Taylor me shirts. says hi. Larry says hi. Yeah. You take us to dinner. Derek takes us to lunch today. My dispatcher takes me to lunch. Mm -hmm. And the whole time we're there, he's not, oh, you're going to have this load or this load. No, he's telling me stories of him bombing 115 miles an hour down the highway back when he did this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Which so is something we never do now. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. yeah, like it's just, it's been incredible. Like, you know, and this is the first company, like, I've been able to go on a trip with him. Mm -hmm. So many companies, you know, it's just not a possibility. So, the fact Guess that, who that was? The fact that it was even an opportunity was amazing. But then when I realized that his dispatcher is purposely trying to find the best routes so that I can enjoy, it was just like, wow. And so, yeah, I was super excited to meet him. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about working here. We get to look cool. We've got our we've got our little hiccups. We got the little things that we have to work on, but we have the freedom to drive and be happy and do life the way we want to do it and be able to come back to center when we get home, get the time to come home. There's no such thing as a 34-hour reset here. We go home and get to enjoy it. But guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you guys here. It's been awesome. This was fun. This is, we're at an hour and seven minutes podcast. Awesome. We nailed it. You guys nailed it. I love you guys. I'm so happy you guys are part of the Taylor family. I'm looking forward to many, many years of running up and down the old highways and byways and working out a nice custody agreement between you guys and Bonnie so I can get some damn alone time. I'll take so. tonight and... Yeah. Oh. Hello, no sleep. <laughs> But guys, thank you so much. So, did you guys have a good time? Yes, this yeah, is awesome. Thanks for having us. Awesome. That was great. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. My first guests on Stogie from the Road. That was awesome. I really, really enjoyed having both sides of the, uh, the spectrum there, the husband and the wife, which doesn't get talked about enough. Um. To be able to see how this this life of ours that we live and what we do affects both people. How we as the driver cope with it. How the spouse at home copes with it. 
for some of you that are not drivers, you're able to familiarize yourself with it and, and understand where we all come from as a whole. When, when a driver gets hired on at a company, the family gets hired on too, all the way down to the little kids. Everybody winds up becoming involved with it from a driver's perspective. You know, you can say all day long, and I'm not downplaying what dispatchers or the people in the shop or administrative people go through, but there's one element that they don't have to deal with, which is that long, drawn-out absence from the life that you're trying to sustain with your paycheck. And we, as drivers, feel that we trade everything for that paycheck sometimes. And you wonder why we get so upset when when laws or rules are passed down upon us because what we deal with out on the road alongside the price tag that we pay, sometimes we don't have any room in our hearts and our minds for yet again another thing that's requested of us. It's been a wonderful week spending time with Jordan and Aubrey. It's been emotional standing uh, from afar, looking at them, seeing that young couple full of hope, full of dreams, with the weight of the world on their shoulders, but they, they look at each other and you can see them hand in hand. We can do this. We can do this together. You know, I took them both out to dinner the other night, and and uh, their little guy FaceTimed them. He was getting ready to go to bed, and they were like, "I'm sorry, I got to take this." And I said, "Please, no, no, no. I can get caught up on some text messaging here and some work I've got to get done. So please, take all the time you need." And I found myself looking across the table and watching that that young couple looking down into that phone into the eyes of their little guy that says, "I love you, mom and dad, and I miss you." them saying, we're halfway done, we'll be home soon. And I'm not going to lie, I held back tears. I remember being that young father. Seeing, you know, mom looking at, at the little guy and listening and hanging on to every word. Seeing Jordan listening, hanging on to every word, but also... When you look at Jordan, you can see him looking off into the distance too because as a father, you're present and you listen to your kids, but also you can't help but be a million miles away in your head because you're thinking about, am I going to make it on time tomorrow for my appointment? Am I going to get this done? I This bill's due next week and on and on we go. You can... It was so unique looking across that table and seeing the the youth. But because they're a trucking family, you can see the age. You can see how this, this job ages you. You can see how this job wears you down. And I just felt myself, you know, almost saying a little prayer in my head. You know, God, just be with him, guide his hands as he's out here on the road so he can 
get the job done and get home to his beautiful little family. God, give her the patience to to let him know that he matters and he's her hero. Give him the peace of mind to know that he is her hero to her and that little guy. Just be with him. Get him home safe. Keep her and the little man safe while he's gone. You know, if you listen to that podcast that I just finished with them, there's a there's a point in there I got really angry because I hear and see a lot from our company to other companies. And when I hear people say, you know, in this meeting the other day, somebody in this position that has the luxury of going home every night and seeing their family every single night, refer to a driver as disposable. It enrages me. Because I know the price that we pay. We as drivers aren't perfect. And I call us to task all the time for the things that we need to work on. But Larry, my HR guy, he said the other day, my drivers are my flock. My fellow drivers are my flock. Each one of you out there that are drivers, you're my flock. And sometimes we fight. Sometimes we're at odds. But I'll fight for you. I'm fighting for you. And I'll continue to fight for you. This week, I got to sit ringside and look at a beautiful young family do what's right and just out here, paying their way, pushing their way through this unforgiving world that we live in as drivers. You know, she said something in there that she knows what he goes through and she knows what he has and she knows what he endures. So when people want to shit on what he does, what you couldn't see in the podcast, hopefully you could hear it. She was leaning her head back and talking with her hands and you could actually see the pride and admiration in her eyes for him. He's her hero. That's all a man ever wants, to be somebody's hero. What a blessing they are. I'm such a lucky man to get to know them. And that's what I love about this job. And that's what I love about what I do. These little puddles that we jump from, from place to place. Every once in a while you get blessed with moments like this. So guys, sorry it's been so long since my last podcast. I'll keep them coming, I promise. I'm not going to quit. There is no quit in me I hope you find 
some comfort in this podcast and I hope you find maybe some answers or some peace knowing that at least your old pal Stogie the Trucker's pulling for you. And like always, I hope you're happy, healthy, loving, and living life. And old Bonnie and I, I'll see you in the back hall. Giddy up. Thank you.